In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light, of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen to those final words, full of grace and truth. If Christ is full of truth, there is no room for error. Are you following me? If something is full, you cannot add anything to it. Christ is full of truth. Clearly then, there isn't one microscopic sliver of error in Jesus Christ. And since we are the sons of God, we also ought to be full of truth. Can you say amen? Good evening, everyone. How are you? Nice to see you. The rain did not disturb us too much today. Not at all, I think, and I thank God for that. I'm grateful for rain, but rain can go too far sometimes. So I'm very grateful that it gave us a break, and I saw the sunshine earlier today. But the rain reminds us of the early rain and the latter rain. Always make a spiritual connection, and the sunshine reminds us of the Son of Righteousness, who will arise with healing in his wings. Yes. Did you have a good day? Good. Did you thank God? You did? Is that the truth? All right. I believe you. I believe you. I welcome those of you online, wherever you are. God bless you. I say that sincerely. I really wish I could see where you are, but I cannot unless I use the eye of faith. But wherever you are, may the Lord personally, individually, give you some design blessings. Design just for your life. Can you say amen? All right. Is there anyone with us tonight for the very first time? May I see your hand? First time. What's your name? Mercedes. Oh my, fancy name. How are you, Sister Mercedes? Nice to see you. Where are you from? Jamaica is a good place. Say amen for Sister Mercedes. What's your last name? Oh, I thought it was Ben's. Okay. All right. Now, who else? <laughs> Did I see it? Ah, yes. To the left. What's your name? Dion. One N or two? And an E. How are you, Dion? Where are you from? Everyone's from Jamaica. I'm from Jamaica. <laughs> Dion, nice to see you. God bless you. Say amen for Dion. Amen. Are you first time? What's your name? Veronica. How are you, Veronica? You look like a nice person. Are you? Say yes. Okay. 
<laughs> Veronica, where are you from? All right, I learned my lesson. Okay, Veronica, God bless your life in every possible way. Say amen for Veronica. Anybody else? You're here for the first time. Where? You? No? In the back. Who? Who's the person in the back? Who? Will... Oh, what's your name, my good brother? Hmm? How are you, Ian? Good to see you. God bless you. Say amen for Ian. Amen. Ian, the quiet brother who wanted to hide. We're happy to have you, Ian. God bless your life. Now, of those of you who are here for the first time, which of you are not Seventh-day Adventists? Can I see your hand? You are not. Ah, all right. You're not, Sister Dion. Okay. Ah, Sister Mercedes, you're not. God bless you. Veronica, what about you? You're not. Okay. Well, we have some guests, and we're delighted to have you. We really are. When we meet for service, we're always honored by the presence of guests. And now that I know you are our guests, may the Lord doubly bless your lives. And if you have children, may he give a special blessing to your children. And I pray the same for those. Let me pray for all our guests. Father in heaven, we have guests among us, and you love them deeply. I ask you now, Father, to look into their lives. You know what they need. You know their hurts, their desires, their wants, their urges, their God. Right now, Father, begin to pour out a blessing upon each of them, I pray. Bless them so much, dear God, that the blessing you pour upon them will splash upon those who are around them. Keep them faithful, I pray. Save them when you come. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, Amen and Amen. That prayer was for those in the building and online who are not Seventh-day Adventists. Let me tell my guests, Seventh-day Adventists are nice people. Come on, somebody say Amen. amen. So hurry up and join us. Say amen again. <laughs> okay. All right. Our subject for this evening, a blanket solution. What did I say? What was our subject last night? And the night before? Was that dress? And the night before? A level by yes, pastor, you know everything. God bless you. God bless you. Let me ask you this. How many of you love God? Show me by raising your hand. Okay, hands down. How much do you love him? Ah, okay. Can you do that without hitting someone in the jaw? <laughs> you love Christ this much? Do you love him enough to make a decision to follow him? You have a card, yes or no? If you make a decision to follow Christ and obey him, mark that card. Any time during the sermon. Are you with me? If you're shy, you can do it while I'm speaking. No one will observe. If you love God that much, as you say, make a decision to follow him, to obey him while you have life today. Appeals usually come at the end of the service. But I have no guarantee we'll all make it to the end. I hope so. So I'm making it now. If you love God as much as you say, I'm speaking to those online as well, make a decision to follow him, to obey him. All right. Three favors I always ask. We have someone who just came in. What's your name? D, D-E-E. -E. How are you, D? Nice to see you. Where are you from? Cayman Islands? Where is that? Close to Jamaica? Had to be close to Jamaica. Okay, D, God bless you. We're happy to see you. Say amen for D. Amen. That was weak. Say it again. 
All right. What's our subject? What's this? If you're not using it, what should you do? Turn it off until it's dead, yes. But if you are using it, just turn the volume all the way down. Is that reasonable? Okay. Favor number two, while I'm speaking, pray for me quietly in your heart and say, Lord, put your words in that man's mouth. Why? My words cannot save you. But the words of God, they are spirit and they are life and they will change your life. The word of God raised Lazarus. Come on, somebody say amen. The word of God created the universe. And this is the same power you have in your hand. The power is not in ink and paper. The power is in the word. And so you say from time to time, Lord, put your words in that man's mouth. What's the text I always use? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9, which says what? Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And I wish that you'll pray that prayer all during the sermon. Favor number three, what's that? Think. What's the verse? Isaiah 1.18, come now, let us do what? Reason together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you because we have nowhere else to go to get help. There are many places we can go and be destroyed. We can only come to you to be rescued. As we bow before you, loving Father, forgive our sins. We didn't mean to hurt you. But we thank you today, God, you do not keep grudges. And the Bible says you cast our sins into the depth of the sea. And Father, the sea is so deep. If Mount Everest were put into it, the water would cover Mount Everest by over a mile. That's where you cast our sins. With the sins removed, we thank you for the sense of freedom we have now. Now, God, in addition to forgiveness, grant us a measure of your spirit that he may speak through me clearly and enlighten those who are listening. We're so grateful for our guests. Bless them, their Father, and let them know they have been touched by the loving God. Bless those online. Bless all the little boys and girls who are watching. Let them give their lives to you, Father. Because the devil wants them at an early age, but you also want them at an early age. Dear God, take possession of me and do whatever you want with me in this desk tonight. Bless the United States. Bless every country represented by those watching, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, Amen and Amen. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's read verse 31. Well, we read verse 1 and 31 of Genesis 1. And I read from the King James Version of the Bible. It is now 1 minute to 8. I'll release you a little after 8.30. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 31. The first verse and the last. When you found that, say amen. Read with me. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, the expression heaven and earth can often mean everywhere. Let me show you what I mean. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, we'll read verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. 
We just read Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now Matthew 28 verse 18, the great gospel commission, read with me. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying what? All power is given unto me where? In heaven and in earth. Now question for you, is there any place where Jesus does not have power? No. So heaven and earth means everywhere. Is that clear? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now read verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God saw everything that he had made. Let's itemize some of the things God made, which were very good. Tell me one. Life, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Something else. The trees, mm-hmm. The animals, mankind, okay, people. The air we breathe, mm-hmm. Thank God for air. Anything else? The water we drink, hmm? What else did God create? The waters, yeah. The sun, moon, and stars, mm-hmm. The birds, yes. What else? What non-physical things did God bring into existence? Non-physical. Okay, yeah, the Sabbath. Mm-hmm, the Sabbath. Someone said gravity, fine. That's why we don't jump off buildings when we're in our right minds. Anything else? Non-physical. Marriage. Mm-hmm. God instituted marriage, yes. It has a physical side, but it's non-physical spiritually. All right. Everything God saw was very good. Without exception. But today, rose bushes have thorns. You've got to be careful. I like going on safaris, but I stay in the vehicle. Are you with me? <laughs> Not because I'm a coward, because I'm intelligent. Are you with me? I stay in the vehicle. Because lions are not converted. Are you with me? All right. Or tigers or snakes. They're not. Why is that? Because of sin. Women give birth and they scream in pain because of sin. How many of you have ever attended a funeral? May I see your hand? A funeral. Okay. Why is that? Because of sin. Do we have broken relationships? Because of sin. Do we have war? Mm -hmm. Because of sin. Famine. Because of sin. We have to take a look at this thing called sin. Because sin, all that we read in verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Sin came and ruined everything. Even angels in heaven had suspicions about God. The closest being to Christ the highest he ever made, Lucifer, who became Satan, sin originated with him. We won't get into him, but he is the origin of sin. He is the origin, the source of temptations. Sin infected everything that God has made. Sin even affected the Godhead in the sense that one of them had to come and die for sin. In order to die for sin, he had to take sin where? Unto him and into him. 
without being a sinner. Let me say that clearly. One member of the Godhead had to come and take sin into him, First Peter 2, 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. The word tree means the cross. The one who said, let there be light, took sin into him. Sin, I say, affected everything that God has made. And the sacrifice of Christ is designed, among other things, to reverse are you with me? To reverse all that sin has done. Come on in, come on in. All seats are free. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Nice to see you. Glad you made it safely. What did I say about the sacrifice of Christ? Is designed to do what? Reverse. Come on, what? All that sin has done. That's why Christ specializes in restoration. When you build a new house, have you restored it? Come on, answer with confidence even when you're wrong. When you build a new house, have you restored it? No. When you take an old house and fix it up, have you restored it? Yes, to such an extent, no one recognizes its former state. The gospel of Christ restores. And what does it restore? The way it was before sin is the way it will be when the gospel does its work completely. Can you say amen? Not only the environment, but most importantly, people. Let me say it again. The purpose of the gospel, among other things, is to restore in man the image of God that Adam had before he sinned. But we're so surrounded by sin, it is difficult to accept that concept. What do I mean by surrounded by sin? How long did Methuselah live? 969. But when David wrote Psalm 9, not David, Moses wrote Psalm 90, he said the days of our years are three score years and ten. That's what he said. And if by reason of strength there be fourscore years, let his strength labor and sorrow, for it is so cut off, and we fly away. David now is accustomed to 70, maybe 80. He is surrounded by people who die around that time. So the concept of 969 perhaps made no sense to David. But there was a time when people lived almost a thousand years Methuselah, 969. Jared, how long? 962. Noah, how long? 950. Adam, how long? 930. 930. Can we imagine someone living that long? It makes no sense to us today because people drop dead at all ages. My mother died at 98 and people say, What? 98? She lived that long? At 98, Methuselah was a boy. Are you with me? At 98, Methuselah was a boy without a girlfriend. Are you following me? And so the minds have changed because of surrounding circumstances. But circumstances do not change God's standards and God's ideals. God's standard for us is that we will be taken back to the way it was before Adam's sin. And so the problem is sin. What's our subject? A blanket solution. Let's pray again. Fathers, I continue 
Be with me, dear God. Take care of my mind, my memory, and my mouth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's take a look at sin. Let's go to Exodus 34. Exodus 34. The subject of sin cannot be covered in one 35-minute presentation. I hope you understand that. But we'll do the best we can. What book did I say? Exodus, what chapter? 34, we read 5 to 7. Moses has gone back up to the mount with two brand new tables of stone on which God rewrote the commandments that were broken. He said in verse 32, when Moses came off the mount and realized the Israelites were worshiping a golden calf, he threw down the two tables and broke the ten commandments that were on the tables. God said, you two tables of stone, come back and I will write the very words that were on the first tables. God made no change. Are you with me? All right. Now, in verse 5, the Bible says, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. Seven, keeping mercy for thousands. Stop. Read carefully now. Forgiving, iniquity, come on, and transgression, come on, and sin. Pause. The Hebrew word for iniquity is different from the Hebrew word for transgression, which is different from the Hebrew word for iniquity. Keep this in mind. Let's go to Psalm 32. What's our subject? A blanket solution. Psalm 32. We'll read from verse 1. God bless those of you writing down the verses. You should belong to the church at where? Come on. The Bereans, yes, yeah. They double-check Paul. If people will double-check Paul, surely you should double-check me. Can you say amen? I am no Paul. All right. What book did I say? Psalm, what ver- chapter 32, from what verse 1? Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Do we have transgression? Did we see it in Exodus 34, 7? Mm-hmm. Whose sin is covered. Now we have sin. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord will not impute iniquity. And in no spirit, there's no guile. So we have transgression. We have iniquity. We have sin. The same words we met in Exodus 34, verse 7. Let's go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Our subject, a blanket solution. By the way, before we read Psalm 51, what is a blanket solution? A solution that covers everything. Mm, Very good. This side, very good. What happened to you on that side? Okay, Psalm 51. Are you there? Read with me. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Stop. Do you see the three words again? Iniquity, transgression, and sin. All right. Go back. To Exodus 34, let's read verse 7. By the way, I haven't given you the time. It's, ooh, 13 minutes after 8. I said I'll release you a little after 8.30. Do you have Exodus 34, verse 7? Read with me. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. Now stop. Let me test you. Iniquity, transgression, and sin. What is God's response? 
There's a word before those three. What's the, ah, forgiving. Now, I'll call the sin, you tell me God's response. Are you with me? I'll call the sin, you give me God's response. Iniquity. Transgression. In, uh, sin. Let's try it again. Iniquity. Transgression. Sin. What is forgiving? Come, think of the title. Think of the title. A blanket solution. You pick the sin. Are you with me? And what's God's response? Forgiveness if we confess. So whether it's open rebellion. Or you missed the mark. Or you were just weak. Whatever it is. God has one solution. Forgiveness. It is a blanket solution for every species of sin. Let's go to Psalm 32. We'll see forgiveness expressed by different words. It's the same thing. Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgression is. Whose sin is. Covered, yeah, forgiven, covered, same thing. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord will not impute iniquity unto whom and in whose spirit there is no guile. So we have God will not impute, God covers, God forgives. Let's go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, come on, blot out my transgression. Keep reading. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Now, let me pause. We have blot out. That's slightly different from forgive. Forgiven sins are not yet blotted out. Let me say it again. A forgiven sin is not necessarily blotted out. Because the Bible teaches your past sins can come back on you if you turn away from God. And something blotted out cannot come back. David says, forgive me, yes, but not only that. Go a level higher, blot out so they never come back. By the way, that's what Christ and the Father are doing in heaven right now. Blotting out sin. Now, you're probably wondering, what does he mean? And I don't have time to get into it. Not tonight. But let me say it again to give you something to think about. There is a judgment going on in heaven right now. And that judgment is to determine whose sins will be blotted out and whose sins will remain. When that decision is made, that person is sealed one way or the other. Are you following me? Let me say it again. <clears throat> there is a judgment. While we're running around on this earth, trying to establish ourselves on this earth, there is a judgment going on in heaven right now. Sins are being blotted out or retained. And so David prayed, blot out all my transgression, my iniquity. Don't just forgive me, blot them out so they never return again. They're gone and the memory of them is gone from my mind. But for now, we're dealing with forgiveness. 
And the blanket solution is God's forgiveness for any kind of sin. But go to Matthew 12. Blanket solution. Matthew 12. We read verse 31 and verse 32. Of Matthew 12. 17 minutes after 8. Do you have Matthew 12? Verse 31. Wherefore I say unto you, come on, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. Thoughts. How many? All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven. Here we have the blanket solution again. We are forgiven for all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. What's the next word? But. When you see but. Sit up. But, keep reading, the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Verse 32. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Come on, but. Whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. And if you're not forgiven, you cannot be saved. Listen to me very carefully. How many sins did Adam commit before God threw him out of the Garden of Eden? Uno. Not those. Uno. Then to get back into Eden, God has to remove from us what? How much? All. Because if one got him thrown out, God can't admit you or me with one. Are you following me? He'd have to apologize to Adam and Eve. Adam, as far as the Bible tells us, one sin. That led to his eviction. Now, he may have committed other sins. He lived 930 years. We don't know. But he made one mistake, and God put him out. God can't let you in with one. Therefore, we see clearly that God's standard is? Yes, but that's not what I want. Yes, but that's not what I want. Listen to me. Think. If God put Adam out for one sin, cannot let you in with one sin. What does God want? Uh, I keep using the word sin to give you a clue. Full obedience. All that's true. That's not what I want. Sinlessness. Sinlessness is a qualification for entrance into God's kingdom, and that sinlessness is the sinlessness of Jesus Christ imputed to us. When we are surrendered to him, to what degree? 100%. It must be a blanket surrender. I surrender my finances. I surrender my education. I surrender my romance. Come on. I surrender my family. I surrender my profession. There must be a blanket surrender that goes along with blanket forgiveness. Many of us will be lost because we partially surrender to Christ. 99%. And left 2% or 1% for the devil. I've told you before. Let me tell you again. We have new attendees. God needs all of you to save you. What did I just say? 
the devil only needs 1% of you. To do what? Destroy you. If you came expecting me to tell you how to be rich, you came to the wrong man. Because if I knew, I'd be rich. Are you following me? The preacher's running around preaching prosperity, 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 so that people can go to hell prosperous. Mm -mm. You need to know if your soul is in danger. Let's read Matthew 12, 31 and 32 again. You got it? Wherefore I say unto you, who's speaking? Jesus Christ. And he calls himself the way, the truth. He cannot lie. Wherefore I say unto you, that all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Finish the verse. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. That's serious. Now, let's think. You blaspheme the Son, there's forgiveness. You blaspheme the Holy Ghost, there's none then we ought to tiptoe around whom? The Holy Ghost. We ought to be careful how we deal with the Holy Ghost. Now, go to Genesis 6. Our subject is a blanket solution. Genesis 6. I just said we ought to be very, very careful with the Holy Ghost. He seems to be the most sensitive of the three members of the Godhead. You have Genesis 6? Let's read from verse 1. Read with me. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wise of all which they chose. Carefully now, and the Lord said, what? My spirit shall not always strive with man. Stop. My spirit will one day stop convicting. You see, it is not the Father that convicts us. It's not the Son. It's the Holy Spirit. They have different functions. It is the Spirit of God that convicts a person of sin. And the Spirit does that using the, the, the law of God upon the conscience and the mind and the heart. You see, it is the Spirit of God. And God said, my spirit shall not or will not always there comes a point when he says that's it when the holy spirit says that's it that's it is that it <laughs> yes <laughs> it's that simple that's it when he leaves you as a convicting power he does not come back Notice I said when he leaves you as a convicting power, he does not leave as a restraining power. Because the Holy Ghost still restrains evil people whom he's already left as a convicting power. Are you with me? There's no hope, for, but he restrains them from doing all the evil they would like to do. The Spirit of God restrains evil people and the Spirit of God convicts those who still have a chance to be saved. Are you with me? And so he may leave or cease to be a convicting power, but he remains as a restraining power. 
my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. God gave the antediluvians, those who lived in the days of Noah, 120 years to repent. They didn't. And God shut the door of the ark. Let me show you how stubborn people are. Let me pray again. Father, as I continue, tighten your grip on me in every possible way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. They saw Moses and his friends building the ark. 120 years they built and Moses built and preached. He built and preached. And Noah, thank you very much. God bless you. Noah, I always confuse the two. I don't know. Noah built and preached. They did not listen. Then they saw the animals coming into the ark. Now that would have impressed me. Two by two. And not attacking people, not attacking each other, just going peacefully into the ark. Not led by any human being because those animals were wild. An invisible force had to have led them into the ark. That force was God, perhaps working through angels, the Bible does not say. They saw the animals enter the ark peacefully, two by two. Seven pairs of clean, two pairs of unclean. And they weren't impressed. They weren't impressed. Before you look down your nose at them, there are people alive right now. No matter what God does or tells them, they are not impressed. But they're in church. They're in church. Not impressed. My brothers and sisters, the animals enter the ark. The Bible says in Genesis 7, 16, and the Lord shut him in. Noah did not shut that door. No human being can close the door of probation. Only God can do that. And when God shut that door, those on the outside, that was it. Those on the inside, that was it. They were saved. Those on the outside, lost. Seven days passed before the flood, the, the rains came. And those on the outside might have been still laughing and making fun of Noah. He was in the ark seven days, nothing's happening. Perhaps his faith was tested. And God will test you by waiting. You may pray, you may pray, and he waits, he waits. Because we worship God a lot with this. He wants to test this. Are you with me? He wants, so he makes you in. He takes you to the edge of the precipice and then pulls you back. He always pulls you back. Then the flood came. When that flood came, I'm sure they wished they had listened to Noah, but it was too late. God has set these meetings. They started November 4, for Sabbath. Today is November 16. How many more days must I preach before someone who's heard many of the sermons make a decision to give the life to Christ? How many more sermons do you need? There's a trick the devil uses. He tells you, wait until you know everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wait until you know everything. That will take a lifetime. 
Because you cannot exhaust truth. Truth is inexhaustible, it's divine. But he tells you, wait until you know everything, every question answered, every I dotted, every T crossed. Let me tell you something. When you're honest with God, the moment you're convicted, you may not know everything, but you know enough to give that life to Christ. And so we come back to the blanket solution. God will forgive any sin and every sin except the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. What is the blasphemy? Two things. One, constantly rejecting the pleadings of the Holy Ghost as they did in the days of Noah. The other one, attributing the work of God to whom? Satan. Go to Matthew 12 quickly. Verse 22. Let's take a look at that. It's already 27 after 8. Time flies so quickly in sunrise. Also flies quickly in Michigan. Do you have Matthew 12? Let's read from verse 22. Do you have that? Read with me. Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and says, is not this the son of? Next verse. But when the Pharisees, they said what? This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the Pharisees said, Jesus did a miracle using the power of Satan. That's why we read in verse 36. What does verse 36 say? But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, come on, they shall give what? When? What was the idle word? When they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by the Elzebub, that was the idle word. They said the power of Christ was the power of Satan. Now, when you say God uses the power of Satan, you see, go to Acts chapter 10 quickly. I, I can't, I need 10 more minutes. Can I have them say yes? All right. Acts chapter 10, let's read verse 38. Let's look at the power of Christ in performing miracles. Do you have Acts 10, verse 38? Read with me. What does that say? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with Kibbutzing, who went about doing good. Now, what was the power with which Christ did good? The power, come on, of the Holy Ghost. So they're saying the Holy Ghost is hidden. That is blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. When you go so far to call truth error, you're calling the Holy Ghost Satan. Because Jesus says, I am truth. John 14, 6. 1 John 5, verse 6 says, the Holy Ghost is truth. Are you with me? 1 John 5, verse 6 says, the Holy Ghost is truth. When you look at truth and call it error, you're calling the Holy Ghost Satan. Because Jesus said, ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father he will do. He will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. If there's no truth in him, what's in him? Error. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. Jesus said, I am truth. He says of the devil, there's no truth in him.
When you call truth error, you're calling the Holy Ghost Satan. And that can't be forgiven. But yeah, unless you confess. But people who go that far have no desire to confess. They conscience seared with a hot iron. My brothers and sisters, there's a blanket solution. What's that? Forgiveness. But when you constantly refuse the convictions of the Spirit of God, you eventually commit the unpardonable sin. It is a sin that God cannot forgive because it is not confessed. Why is it not confessed? Because the power that leads to confession has been silenced. What is that power? The Holy Ghost. I ask you again, as I did at the beginning of the presentation, do you love God enough to make a decision to literally give your life to him? Only you can answer that. If your answer is yes, I want you to mark that card before you leave tonight. Don't wait for tomorrow. The best time to do what's right is when you are, when you are informed of what is right. Are you following me? You're in a relationship you should leave. Leave. Don't wait till you sign the lease for a new apartment. Leave. Because he or she who does good or does what's right immediately has the support of God. A friend of mine wrote me two days ago. I need to break off a relationship. And I said, what do you mean you need to break? If you need to, break it off. What will I tell him? Tell him it's over. You see, you have a choice. Hurt him or hurt God. Choose. And invariably, people choose to hurt God because he's so nice and he forgives. You hurt God today, you hurt him tomorrow, hurting him eventually becomes a habit. You never put a human being above God, not your wife, your children, your cousin, the president, your ex-wife, your enemy. No one comes before God. So tonight... Make a decision to give your life to Christ. And say to him, Father, here's my life. I want to obey you. All God wants from you and me is obedience. I'll say it until I die. If Adam had, come on, obeyed, there would not be sick people today. And funerals. And hypocrites. And churches, and liars, and tax cheats, and soldiers, and famine, and plague, and COVID-19, and disrespectful students beating up teachers, and teachers having sex with students. None of these things, if Adam had simply, tell me, obeyed, and I'm asking you, tell God, Father, I want to obey you. Here's my life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father in heaven, the gospel is truth that's divine, and I'm just human made of dirt. And so I ask you today, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, take my weak human effort, and through the agency of your spirit of truth, give it clearer application to every mind that listened to God, that decisions may be made for Christ. Father, the Bible says, today, if you will hear his voice, 
harden not your heart. It is not God that hardens the heart. It is we who harden our own hearts. Then we blame God. Father in heaven, speak to that man or that woman who's on the edge of deciding for you but is wavering. Through the Spirit's gentle urging, nudge that person over to the side of a decision. Dear God, let that Spirit who convicts us of wrong, let that Spirit who enlightens our understanding and teaches us truth, let that Spirit who strengthens us against temptation, let that Spirit speak a little more loudly tonight that someone may finally decide, yes, Lord, here's my life. You have the cards. Mark the card appropriately. I want to give my life to Christ. If it's not there, write it. I want to give my life. Put your name. You need to be baptized. Check that. Do something with that card tonight. How many of you were blessed by the message? Can I see your hand? You really mean that? Stand with me. What was the subject? Let me ask you this, as I ask every night, what will you take from the message? Someone tell me, this side, that side, raise your hand, yes. Sinlessness is what is required for admission to God's kingdom. And that's the character of Christ. Somebody else, what will you take from the message? Yes, my brother. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God. You have wages and gift. Wages is what you earn. We earn death. Life is a gift from God. Don't turn that gift away. Somebody else. But that gift has a condition that's obedience. Yes. If Adam evicted Adam, if Christ evicted Adam for one sin, he cannot let you in with one. Simple reasoning. What's favor number three? Come now, let us reason together. Somebody else. What? Yes, sister. Forgiveness is the blanket solution. No matter what the sin is. I heard someone else's voice. Yes. The sin against the Holy Ghost, the blasphemy, will never be forgiven. Not in this world. God is so sweeping. Nor in the world to come or any other world. It is serious. Somebody else. What will you take from the message? See your hand. Tell us, tell us. What touched you? Let me ask you this. What touched you? Okay. If you've made a mark on that card, give it to the ushers on the way out. I won't call you. Some people are shy. But give it to the usher on the way out. Make a decision before you leave. And God is hearing me ask you that. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Let God's people say, Amen and Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.